Oh, we're outside. Yeah. Well, you know, we're coming a biscuit. How are you? I'm eating a biscuit as well. Good job. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Alright, biscuit. So anyway, Anne, how are you doing this week? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Because it's episode 64 of Crit Apocalypse, if you didn't know. Because I know. Oh god, I'll press things. Alright, well now we're seeing God. So if anyone's watching the stream, peek now upon the eyes of God, Jesus. He's going on porn. Don't, no, no, give it here, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so this week, welcome to Critical Apocalypse, episode 64. This is a bi-weekly podcast in which we talk about a bunch of shit, basically. We fucking love talking about a bunch of shit. And what have you been up to this week? Anything outside of movies, TVs, games, or anything else that you're going to talk about this evening? So I've accidentally tried to print the screen. <laughs> On my laptop, yep, yeah, right. There you go. Ah, ah. Are we going back to the never-ending yeah. chasm? There you go. Oh, Kate Kane gonna... just finished editing his podcast. His podcast is called Charge Shot. Oh, I've actually listened to it. Mm. He, yeah, he does a group podcast. Yeah, so he has like, yeah, he has like four or five people and they all Skype so One of them's called Nero the Hero. Yeah, I don't know. Bit, I don't know. But I listened to it. I did listen to it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. Enjoyed it quite a bit. But I, I just do a lot of podcasts. I'm always... That's a brand deal, right? Kane's giving us 200 quid now, right? Has he? Yeah, that was the brand deal. Oh, that was the that was the brand deal. Can't not switch down and kiss you. Anyway, that's besides the point. No, we're gonna get back to this. We're gonna get back to this. So we are on the cusp of the crit apocalypse now. Because you know why? why? Donald Trump's gonna get rid of anyone, anyone who speaks bad about anything to do with him. And I fucking hate meat, and he loves meatloaf. So I assume that I'm right off the chopping board. He loves meatloaf. Is this a super exclusive that there's a relationship going on between Donald Trump and pop rock star meatloaf? No, 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 no. You because he said he would do anything for love, but, but he I won't. don't. He won't sell out to a capitalist regime. Oh, right. Do you not hear the song? Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. I would do anything. I concentrate on the body. stuff. But I won't stuff. sell out. No, no, not to a capital regime. Yeah. No. Great song. Yeah, classic. 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 That guitar riff as well. I'd do anything for love except capitalist regimes. That's, you know, that's classic. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, all right, well, uh, let's get back to the point, shall we? So, we're on the cusp of the Chris Apocalypse. So, last, two weeks ago, when we recorded, I asked you what you thought the plot of Alien Covenant was going to be. Oh. And you gave a vague comedy answer. You were all silly about it, and I appreciate that, because you're, you're bringing in the troops. You're loving that biscuit. So, this week, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to let you afterwards, Wonder Woman. Soon to be released. I keep questioning the Wonder Woman marketing team on Twitter because I just fucking never... There's a marketing team for that yeah, film? Yeah, I have no idea when it's going to be released. They've told me like four or five times and it is so forgettable a date that I can't remember. But anyway, it's besides the point. So I'm going to I'm gonna give a plot synopsis of what I think is going to happen in Wonder Woman. I'm going to do it very quickly. Are you trying to get sexy with me? I'll out-sex you. Well, that's how you eat a biscuit. I will out-sex you any day of the week. No, look, let's not get on it now because we've got beards. We've got to be sensible. We've got to be professional. Let's get on this, right? You ready? You ready? It's still time-wasting for me. All right, anyway, so Wonder Woman. What I think is going to happen in Wonder Woman, okay? A man lands on her island. She goes, oh, there's trouble out there. I want to even help. What is happening? And her mum's like, And it crashes against it. the sea of Themyscira. All of a sudden, new age technology, well, new age for the time, World War One, is is brought into Themyscira, a mostly Greek and Roman-influenced culture based on the idea of the strength of women. Mm-hmm. You know? All right? Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she's thrust into a situation she had no idea about. She's she's fighting in the Chris war. Chris Pine was doing the thrusting. Chris Pine might make love to her. Hmm. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's besides the point. You're getting out. Okay. So mild romance, rom- mild romance scenes between Chris Pratt and uh, Gal Gadot. Chris Pine. Chris Pine, Gal Gadot, 
And then uh, she's going to fight a lady who... Is it like being the only Chris who's not in a Marvel film? He think? wasn't a Marvel film. Chris Pine's not in any of the Marvel films. He was in a Marvel film, wasn't no, he? No, no. He's not in any of them. Well, I mean... Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt gets the job, Chris friggin' What's-His-Face Evans. Evans. But Pine, he doesn't. Not good enough. Even the Kenneths are getting jobs in Marvel. Kenneth Branagh. Hmm. He's uh, four, isn't he? He did four. Yeah. But anyway, that's besides the point. He did she four. is going to fight an ex-Femascare and warrior princess who was captured off the island at a young age, who's now become a villain through medical testing by the Nazis. And, uh, and, Nazis uh, Danny, didn't exist in 1919. Danny Houston is in it. The proto-Nazis. They weren't proto-Nazis. Pre-Nazis. Danny Houston's They were just Germans. German people. Danny Houston's going to be in it, and he's going to play... Or war. War, okay. Yeah, and it's going to be mostly CGI, so it's going to look like shit again, but DC don't learn, and there's going to be loads of slow motion for no fucking reason, because who shoots action like a normal fucking film person anymore? Mm. It's going to be bad. But on the plus side, women. Finally getting a movie. Yeah, there's finally a movie starring a woman. As a superhero. No, it's the first movie ever to star a woman. Yeah, that's true. Yep, ever. Have you seen Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah, years ago. It's a great movie. No. So what do you think the plot of Wonder Woman's going to be? I don't care. <gasps> down, da, down, down. Mm. Ba, da, ba, ba. Your turn. Your review. Go for it. Right, well, I've only got three things to review this week, really, so I should make something up for the first one. Um, okay, why have you only got three things to review? Because that's all I can think homework. of. of do, I I've been playing Persona non-stop. Mm. Non-stop. Already, pretty much. Non-stop. You've been playing it non-stop. Yeah. You said non-stop instead of non-stop. I thought it was funny. It's the same thing? No, it's not. <sighs> okay, let's say... Okay, it's been two more episodes of Doctor Who since last time I reviewed the first one. Um, and last night's episode was called Thin Ice. And it was a really, really, really good episode of Doctor Who. Incredibly well written. Touched on racism and prejudice and, like, you know, people being Four manipulated. There was a whole bunch of, um, like... You know, layers of the story about rich people basically treating the poor as, like, collateral and whatever money they want to make and all this mm. sort of stuff. Literally, there's a rich guy who's tricking people into falling through the ice on the Thames. It's when the Thames was frozen over to be eaten by this big giant fish he's got chained up underneath the Thames, which literally shits out this fuel that they use to make, uh, like, this crazy fuel to replace so coal. It's essentially dishonoured. Mm, maybe, who knows? But it was really good. I didn't play Dishonored. It was boring as shit. But, um, so it was a really good episode. It touched on the racism stuff in there with, uh, Bill, Billy, Bill, whatever her name is, Pearl McKee, Mackie. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a bit where Doctor Who's been like, a theme for the episodes. Doctor Who's all like, no, you just don't, you know, you don't just run with emotion. You've got to use your logic when it comes to a situation where you need to gather information. Who's don't your favourite Doctor Who? Don't let your emotion take over and the guy comes in and instantly says something racist to per, to Bill and he just Doctor Who just turns around and punches him out. Oh, nice. <laughs> so Doctor Who's nice. punching people again. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's after he's had a big speech about being logical. <laughs> who's your favourite Doctor Who? I don't know. I always liked Patrick Troughton when I was a kid. Who? What? He's the second Doctor Who. Oh. Yeah. But, um... I like Christopher Eccleston. Eh... I liked Doctor Who. That didn't... He was in a more Marvel movie. Was yeah, he, mm. <laughs> he was a bad guy in four two. Yeah, another Chris. He was actually really good in that. Nah. Yeah, he was Malekith, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, that he film was just was... like a religious zealot, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, I liked Malekith. And, um... I liked the I liked the vision, like the way that they got him. Not the vision, the character. I liked the I liked the imagery behind Malekith. Yeah, but the film sucked. 
they added some alright moments. I didn't mind like the for the for the Dark World still isn't as bad to me as Iron Man Two. No, no, that's true. Iron Man Two's awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last night's Doctor Who was really, really good. Um, the last week's one was something about they went to this building. It's supposed to be like a human cult, like plantation on another planet, and they were getting eaten by robots that lived on there. Whenever someone wasn't quite what happy, kind of robots need to eat. Well, the robots weren't doing eating. Well, I say eating; they were just getting ripped to shreds and left to skeletons. Oh, okay. They were just being, and being turned into like, so like fertilizer. Fertilizer to get the flat plants going. Speaking of chopping mall, well, that's got nothing to do with Doctor Who. Both were around in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. Barely. Doctor Who kind of got cancelled in nineteen eighty four. McGuinness. Who was the Doctor Who in the movie? With Eric Roberts. That's Paul McCann. Paul McCann. My favourite Doctor. Paul McGann. Paul McGann. Yeah. Paul McGannon. Yeah. He's only in one Doctor Who. Film. Jim McCracken. He's in two. He was in a short film that tied together yeah, John Hurt and... No, it does. doesn't really. It's a Doctor Who movie. It wasn't a movie. It's a Doctor Who short. It was a two-minute thing they chucked okay. up on YouTube. Back to Alien Covenant. It's nothing to do with Alien Covenant. We're talking about Doctor Who. Oh, right. Really good so far, this series. I like the new assistant. And um, there was, wasn't much Matt Lucas in this episode, which was good. Yeah, because so, he's a bit grating. He plays the same character all the time and things, doesn't he? He's the quirky guy. He's a bit fussy. I thought he would have broken out of England and... Done well after Bridesmaids. Well, after Alice in Wonderland, when he played Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Oh, and Alice Through the Looking Glass. I didn't see that. No one did. No. It's really bad. It's amazing now, that first film. The amount of money that first film made. Like, like 1.6 billion. Yeah. And the second one was a flop. No, the second one wasn't a flop. It recoup- recouped its budget. But nah, it didn't no do way. like didn't do super well. Like, yeah, like 450 million worldwide. Is that it? Yeah. That's an incredible drop-off from one film to the next. Yeah, it? I know, but you got to consider the budget they gave was 150 million. Most of it was green screen. Didn't need to make didn't need to make sets or shit or anything. Mm. Anyway, like, you review a thing, you penis. My next review is gonna be oh shit, I forgot I've got my notes. Alright, um Oh no, my first review. Shit, it's my first review. Yeah, you've wasted this much time. My first review this week is going to be Colossal, the new film starring... Uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much about it because it's new. Not many people have seen it. I reckon I reckon everyone should go see it. I saw it in London, so that's always nice. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Colossal. Uh, interesting movie. It's the idea of a woman who is bottoming out. She's essentially still living her life as if she's in her mid-twenties. Drinking every night, partying. Her boyfriend eventually calls her up on it. By the way, another Dan Stevens movie. He plays the boyfriend. He's hey. British in it as well, which is lovely. Oh, Dan Stevens, yeah. Yeah. From yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so um, Dan Stevens kicks out Anne Halfway because she is just bottoming out. She's not doing anything with herself. She's never telling him where she's, where she's going, what's happening with her. He gets worried. He can't be in love with someone who is just so flippant with their life. Oh, no. He worries constantly that she's out doing all kinds of promiscuity and he's right to wonder because she doesn't tell him what she's doing or where she's going. Um, so cue her returning home to go live in her family's house. She gets, well, she's near enough an alcoholic, but she ends up getting a job in a bar with Jason Sudeikis. One night when walking home drunkenly, she finds a playground that she stomps through, you know, releasing some of her, some of her inner anger. Just by stomping about, stamping, banging, you know, like a movie thing where someone gets frustrated and they jump up and down on the ground and they wave their arms, hmm. much like that. And then the next day she wakes up to find there's a giant monster that's attacked Tokyo. Oh no. And for some reason it's got some of her mannerisms. Oh no. Including a very subtle little head itch like that. When she gets confused or when she gets like stopped, when she like has one of those moments, she reaches up and she just goes like, mm. yeah, which is one of the key things to the poster. Anyway, um, 
Plot unveils. Jason Sudeikis starts helping her. Un- un- I don't need to go into all the details. She's controlling the monster. She turns out she's controlling yeah, the monster. Yeah, there you go. This is already in the poster, though. Uh, in the poster of the film. Jason Sudeikis and a group of his bar buddies also find out about it, and they, they sort of, um, as time goes on, they unravel the mystery and what's going on. There are there are some great twists, and mm-hmm. there's some realistic drama moments. There's some interesting character development that comes a bit from left field, and the monster the monster action sort of it takes a step back to a lot of the character drama. But that's not a bad thing. The monster's a metaphor. It's kind of not, it's real. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. <laughs> All right, sorry, yeah, the monster's a plot The metaphor. monster represents a metaphor, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, but you'll enjoy it anyway. I think this is the kind of film that you're very much going to enjoy. This is the kind of film that I think is going to get talked about a lot this year. <clears throat> I don't enjoy films people... anymore. <laughs> when more people see it, a lot of people are going to talk about it, and there's all. it's um, it's not going to be like Pacific Rim. No one's going to be going, oh, that was awesome. It's all going to be about whether or not it's a good movie, and that's part of the mystery of watching Pacific it. Pacific Rim is a good movie. Pardon? Pacific Rim's a good oh, Pacific movie. Rim's a great movie, yeah. but it's one level. Like, it is a you giant no monster fighting. No, there's not. Well, except for the depths of the ocean. Spoilers. Um, Colossal's different, though. Colossal is different because it's two films all in one. So you see the drum, you see the fear, the terror, you see the kaiju action in, um, in like, in one setting, and then you see the character drama, and it's very much character-driven. The metaphor, is, the metaphor is part of it, but oh, oh well, like you know, blah to blah. Distracted by the computer. I did because you looked at the fucking thing. I was doing fine. Yeah, I'm anyway, doing just a quick stop check looking at the fucking computer. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, colossal. I recommend it. I mean, it's not going to be a new classic, but people are going to talk about this film. I recommend people see it early on because it will be spoiled for you if you don't. There's a lot of nice little moments in it. That I think are really, really, really good. Like watching with fresh eyes. Rather than having someone say stuff about it, like I, I have to get I, new eyes to watch this. I don't feel like I've said enough to ruin it for anyone. I feel like anyone who goes into this still won't know what to expect, other than the base plot elements, and I think that's good. That's very, very good. I give this a and halfway. <laughs> I could. I mean, I could, but I'm going to give it a Helen Mirren. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind getting every so halfway often, to a what? Every so often, she does a red or a red two, then she redeems herself. With yeah. a collateral beauty. Ducks was watching Red and Red 2 last night. She was making her in-laws watch it. Why? I don't know. Is that like a form of punishment? Is that what they do in Guantanamo Bay? She likes them. Really? Yeah. I mean, Carl Urban's in the first one. Yeah. And it's got a nice fight scene between him and Bruce Willis, which is clearly not Bruce Willis. It's a giant turtle with no shell. Bruce Willis doesn't do anything except sitting down and standing up exactly. in films now. He has stunt double for everything else. Yeah. You just got Bruce Willis to... Oh, I don't know. Your review... <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I'm going to review a game I got sent. The The developers of this game, Super God, they sent me a message going, hey, do you want to try our game out? And I'm like, that looks cool. I'll try it. So it's called Riptail. Okay? This is a game. Yeah. Riptail is one of those sort of action-y, rogue, I say rogue-like, the levels are sort of, they seem to be randomly generated every time you play. It doesn't feel like I'm going through the same place every time. Yeah. Um, doesn't say anything like that. But, um... It's a simple thing when you're charging through and you're hacking, slashing. Everything's in black and white except for you, the trail that comes off you. You've got like a scarf yeah. and blood as it flies out of enemies. And you sort of charge your way through all these dungeons and work your way deeper and deeper. And it kind of feels a little bit like a Ninja Gaiden cross with Downwell. I was going to say a Jumeric album. Yeah, like Deeper Underground, yes. Um, the hit song from the soundtrack to Godzilla 1998. The best Godzilla film. Something's going to bug me. Um, but yeah, so the way it controls is quite unique. Um, you have you have these little crystals at the top of the screen, 
Yeah. And every time you attack one, the crystals vanishes and they recharge like about a second and a half later. Yeah. So the way it works is you use the analog stick to smack into an enemy. You point towards them, hit attack, and you slice towards them. Yeah. Um, there's no indicator of where you're aiming, but you just sort of get a feel for it after a while. Yeah. The analog sticks. So you can chain combos together. So if there's multiple enemies like in different directions, you can go slice, slice, slice through each one and like work your way around rooms and things like that by slicing around corners and stuff. Yeah. What are you doing? Sharing the... Oh, God. But um, it's all like really fast-paced and immediate and every time you hit someone, you get a little slow-mo moment so it gives you like a second to orient where you're going to aim next. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Um, and you keep working down. There's boss fights to do and stuff like that. Um, I've not got very far in it so far because I keep dying. I'm not oh. very good at it. But... It is really nicely done. It's got a sort of like um sort of a ZX Spectrum y look to it, like a really high res ZX Spectrum game. Yeah. Because everything's all like one colour. Like on ZX Spectrum games, the way the script would divide colour up, you pretty much had to make any sprite you did one colour. You can only put two put two colours in an eight by eight grid. Yeah. So a lot of the time they'd use black and a colour. And that's what it sort of reminds me of, is that it's all it's all black and white. All the enemies are white and stuff like that. Um some people have said they can't differentiate the enemies from the background, but I haven't had too much trouble with that. Yeah. Um, I find that after a while you just sort of you train yourself to see them and things like that yeah Um, and as you go through you find shops and you can buy new gems and you place the gems in your slots at the top and decide and each of these gems will have like different attacks so you might do a triple swipe or you might do like a a more powerful attack or something like that like a big a big attack or something mm, like you know big attack. Um, like a vertical up and down attack rather than a sweeping Jeez, forward so the smaller you're big yeah. yeah but it's like you might have something where like instead of swinging your sword out in the direction you're going it will yeah. go vertical Oh, nice. So, um, but then you choose which one of those three gems you replace with it. So when so, you do your combos, it's like you might do a single swipe, triple swipe, up vertical swipe, and it's like, and you can switch yeah. them around. Yeah. So can you do like, um, so do you have like, um, do you have a different order they have to go in? They, they start off just three in the rows as yeah. normal. When you buy a gem, you choose which slot it goes in. And then that instantly becomes that move. So you've got yeah. one, there's a random, then oh, then random. Okay, yeah, it depends cool. what you okay. put it in, yeah. So yeah, you can okay. keep it with the first one being a regular swipe if you want that to be your ad to open in attack. Yeah. Or you can make it like one where it goes like that really quickly so you can hit three things in a row in one swipe. Nice, that's pretty cool. I always like stuff that. It's really good. It's really fast moving and like action-packed and fun. It does remind me a lot of Downwell. It's got that sort of look to it. Yeah. Um, Downwell's a great classic. What's the um, what's the game that's coming out soon that's like that? That's like an eight bit d- top down Dark Souls like. <sighs> it might be called Down. No D- idea. No idea. It's like a pixel. Usually, if I see someone compare something to Dark Souls, I tend to just sort of turn zone out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not this guy. When we're going to get the Dark Souls of racing games, I'll play that. You already did. Did we? Project Gotham Racing. That's not the Dark Souls of Racing game. Uh, Dark Souls of Racing game would have you crash the moment you'd scratch past someone. It'd make your car blow up every time and you have to restart the lap. Now what would it be? And you'd play that? Yeah, I'd play that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's what we used to have back in my day. You used to have those little oh, yeah, yeah, grandstand yeah. games where you had to dodge in between the cars. Yeah. You only had three lanes to move down. Yeah. Yeah, I was fucking master at that. Do you remember the ones where you had the shift? And you had just the wheel. Oh, I had the grandstand one where there's the rolling background. Yeah, that's it. That's and it projected the cars over yeah. it. And you had your car was a little piece of plastic that went back and forth yeah. at the bottom. And you went... Yeah. The whole and, time and you drove. If you, if you were on the lane marker, yeah. you'd just drift through the whole level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, classic. Didn't need, didn't need to turn it all. Great game. Yeah, Riptail. It's really good. Yeah. Like a really nice indie game. Well worth, well worth a play. It's only nice. five quid. People should buy it. You know, like I told people to buy that Missile Cards game. 
Yeah, did and hardly anyone, anyone did. Apparently, he's, I think he said he sold something like 250 copies now. He had a bit of an update this week. Buy when... Missile Card. Mm. It's Good. a great fucking game. He announced that he's releasing it on um, iOS. He's working on the iOS port. And the mobile phone markets, the um, websites, instantly picked it up and started talking about it. Really? But all the other games press didn't mention it at all. I think that, that's the problem with PC games nowadays. People are so fucking stringent on what they'll play and what shit they'll get but It's like the websites don't bother even just putting a quick little thing saying, hey, here's this game. It's quite cool. Go have a look at it. I played so much Papers, Please, and then, like, there was a hint that it was going to be released on Android, mm. and I stopped playing it. Because <laughs> I know what would happen. Yeah. Like, you know how... The problem with any games like that are that they get developed for PC platform, and they get moved over to iOS or Android, and they say, oh, I'm not going to go free to play, I'm not going to do this, and then FTL. You get, like, £2 expansions. Oh, it's not it's not free to play. I mean, it's not, it's not an issue. Like, you've... But then, like, things like FTL annoyed me because you spent a fiver to get the game initially, and then you spent a fiver on, like, this to get all the all the download content, and they just keep releasing more and more. And as much as I'd say increasing the longevity of a game is great, something like FTL only has so many hours in it anyway. FTL, they did a free update for it and gave you all this new stuff in the update. Oh, wait, I might be thinking of another game. I don't know. So I I'd love FTL. FTL. Yeah. That's not free games. on phones, anyway. No. No. You fool, you're smirching FTL. No, but I'm, I'm making an example. Of it, just yeah. because you hate it. I love FTL. Mm. Is I it want, on Android? I wish they would do a proper Star Trek licensed version of that, because that's what that game is. Yeah. It's friggin' Star Trek Bridge Crew Commanding. Oh, so if I, I could have like six datas. Yeah. Ultimate crew. Just shitloads of datas. A whole bunch of datas, a whole bunch of Tasha's yards, and you have to stop them from fucking each no, other. just data. Because <laughs> you can go in space without a spacesuit. You could put them in the lounge room and have I them singing. I could teleport them to a ship after opening up all the bay doors, and just have them wander around stealing their shit while they choke to death. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I fucking yeah. love FTL. I was a bit of a psychopath. Review something you... My second review this month, uh, this week, this day, whenever it is. What day is it, boy? You, boy, what day is it? A year. What year? What year is it? What year is it? 1986. <laughs> anyway, uh, my next review is going to be Rick and Morty Season 3, Episode 1. Only fucking kidding. No, I'm not. No, I am. No. I'm going to review Outlast on the Xbox One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just adjust my pop filter. It's the, I moved this the other day and the whole pop filter came off. Oh, you told me about that. Not that it's much use. It's This is a one pound jobby. Yeah. Anyway, Outlast 2. Outlast 1. 1. And Whistleblower. Why you... But that came out like 10 years ago. Yep, it did. It did, Anne. Thank you for starting my review so eloquently. Outlast is a game in which you play a protagonist that cannot fight back and you must escape monstrous beings within a psychiatric hospital. No, it's not. It's about walking around filming people's dicks. You film some stuff. And Outlast Whistleblower is the other side of the story. Don't you dare! No, no, no. You're a bad person. Uh, you shouldn't reference that because it's the audio podcast and people don't know what I'm doing. So, uh, that, we just, we just, I'll take it off for you. Yeah, eat a biscuit. So anyway, so um, Outlast Whistleblower is the other side of the story. So in Outlast, you appear, well, you start off with an email saying that something fishy is going on at the psychiatric hospital. Whistleblower, you play the man who sent the email. Mm. Both stories tied together. Both games are very cheap right now because Outlast 2 has been released. So I'm going to talk about them before next week when I, well, next episode where I review Outlast 2. Get it? Got it? Preamble. Anyway, so... Here's what happens. You go around with a camera that has a, um, which has a be- limited battery life, and then you go around a hospital where apparently everyone has the same fucking camera because you just pick up batteries and chuck them in there as if that's how life works. Um, you've got 
you've got a night vision mode, which helps you see in the dark. And it is just a stealth map, a third-person stealth map with a little bit of an escapey element. Um, as you get deeper and deeper into the psychiatric hospital, you unlock more of the secrets and why exactly what's happening is happening and what's causing it. It's very interesting. It's a nice spook em up It's a bit like Slender, but with a plot and with some actual story elements. Um, Whistleblower, it, it, it was the same engine, the same graphics. It just it moved the story along, gave you some more background to it, and um, had a very, very scary protagonist in the Doctor character, who I felt like should have probably been the protagonist for the first, the first one. But, you know, I think that that's something they came up with later when they had more money and they realised how big Outlast 1 was. Get it? Yeah. Boom. Um, recently, there has been a collection released with Outlast 2, Outlast 1, and Outlast uh, Whistleblower all in one package, which is what I purchased for about £20. I used £5 real money. I had like £20 PayPal voucher things. Um, and it's it's um, it's a game that I, I remembered fondly. It was given away with Games of Gold not long ago, so I do now have two copies. But at the same time, I'm kind of okay with that because buying it new is 20 quid. Well, buying Outlast 2 is 20 quid for an extra five I get Whistleblower, which I hadn't played before. Um and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a really interesting game. It's nice to see a horror game in the vein of what I think Resident Evil 7 was trying to be. Well, Resident Evil 7 just had to follow the current trend, didn't it? Yeah. But in the, the 2000s Res- action games were the trends. That's where Resident Evil 4 came in. Yeah. Well, Resident Evil 7, the problem was that you got a gun and then instantly this, the fear went away. Because you had a gun, you could get ammo, you could make ammo. It wasn't really that hard after that. Whereas this, you can never, you don't ever get the security blanket of having a weapon. Oh no. So you can't really fight back. But you can film people's dicks. But you can film people's dicks. Um, right now, Outlast uh, and Outlast Whistleblower, as I said, they're very good games. They're good value. I think you can pick them both up for a tenner, even less on uh, on on uh, Steam. But for the most part, I would I would recommend anyone who gets a chance to play them to give them a go. Unless you don't like horror. In which case, don't. Because they're scary. About it. They're scary, spooky games. Oh. I would say that if you aren't interested in the horror elements, but you are interested in sci-fi and Alien Covenant coming out soon, again, mentioning that because they're sponsoring us today. Are they? Yeah. No. Danny McBride himself is going to do a message at the end. Is he? No. No. Uh, but Alien um, Alien Isolation is a very similar game, but with those weapons, so you do get to fight back. So it's a bit more like the Resident Evil 7 horror games, mm. but it's still good. I still recommend it. Um, but I give them all Julianne Moore. What are you reviewing again? Uh, Outlast, Outlast Whistleblower, right. and a tentative review of Alien Isolation to those who right. don't like horror. So that's more like that's Finger more like sci-fi. Finger on the pulse. Sci-fi. That's, that's more like horror. Finger on the pulse. Yeah, just. Well, Alien Covenant's coming out, so that's that that relates. And You're not Outlast Two came out. The Alien Covenant um, mobile uh, phone game is bound game. to come out. Yeah. There's yeah, going to the, be one. The MMORPG. Actually, should I just look on the Android yeah, store? Both, just let's both download it. <laughs> I can't download it. I've got like two megabytes of space left on my phone. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good, because it takes up it takes up only 1.5. It's all browser-based. Um, but yeah, I, I like... I like... Uh, I like spook-em-ups. I like mm. horror games. There is an Alien Covenant one yet, but there is a Prometheus 2 wallpaper. <laughs> oh, look, there's a soundtrack for eight ninety nine. No. Or I can pre-purchase the movie. Wait, what's this? Alien Covenant Genesis 1. James Hansen. What is it? Is it a book? It looks like it. Let's have a look. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, don't read that. That looks like it's. It looks like it's a direct link to your to your phone to find out where you live and then come and murder and kill you. Hmm. Murder and rape you. Sorry, not murder and kill you. That'd be nice. Oh, look, here we go. Alien sounds. Oh, here we go. So anyway, your review, Ant. 
My review. Your, your third review. My third review. I'm going to review Transformers the movie on Blu-ray. The, the 30th anniversary edition steelbook. Mm. How old is the movie, sorry? 30 years old. It's Wait, how many years is that? Well, 31 actually now almost. It's Because this came out at the end of last year. Oh. Yeah, I'm a bit late on it. So current then, yeah? Yeah, super current. Yeah, so it's a new release. Yeah, how's that relevant? It's not an alien. That's an alien. Aliens don't sound like that. Oh god. Anyway, Transformers movie Blu-ray. It's (laughs) quite finished. It's a very long soundbite, Aaron. Jesus, this is long. Can I turn it off? No, it just starts again. I'm gonna mute it. Yeah, thanks. Yes, cheers. Just put your so, phone. Put your phone down. Sorry. Behave yourself. So, Blu-ray, remastered, cleaned up, nice and all yeah. that sort of stuff. 4K, 4K, 4K well, remastered edition. They always say 4K, but the way they actually do it is you take a photograph of it at a 6K scan rate and then scale it down to 4K, so you get the actual multiple, you know, best image quality you can out of it. It depends what the transfer is, what it, where it actually came from, because if it's a film-based transfer, then it's like. It's depending on the film, so it's like 32... Well, no, because you're taking a photo of it. You take an image, it fires a red, green, blue light. Yeah, yeah, I know. And infrared, it actually takes six images at once. Yeah, but it depends on the size of the frame that they're taking the image of. doesn't matter, no. The camera itself takes it in at 6K, and then it's scaled to 4K for the actual new transfer they build. That's how you do that sort of thing. Film itself doesn't have a resolution, it's just film. Yeah, I know, it's like raw data. Hmm. But anyway... um. They've done quite a good job remastering it. I, I think I'm an authority on the remastering of Transformers movie, seeing as yeah. I own... You've, you've got it 16 times. Yeah, like 500 copies of it. Um, stop pressing button. Put that phone down. <laughs> so, it's a pretty good remaster. Yep. They've um, put both versions of the film on here in terms of full frame and widescreen. Because yep. it was presented in widescreen in the cinema, but the version they actually shot... For the animation was full frame format because you know they figured it'd probably be on TV and all that sort of stuff, you know. So it sits in with all the other Transformers stuff and everything. Yeah. Um, and I watched the full frame version last night because the widescreen one crops. It's a cropped widescreen. Mm. It's a bit awkward. Um, as far as the remaster goes, it looks really nice and sharp, and the colours have all been like made to pop and all this sort of stuff. It looks lovely. There is a few bits of dirt and stuff. On there still that they haven't eliminated. Yeah, I think they mostly went in for repairing damage and like, um, you know, hairs on the thing and stuff. Stop drinking your coffee and making a mess of yourself. You bloody child, you are. But um, this has like commentaries from Nelson Shin. Yeah, you know who Nelson Shin is? No, nope. he's the guy who rotoscoped and animated the lightsabers in tra- in Star Wars. <laughs> Put that down. That's going to be a lightsaber noise. Put that here. <laughs> Um, he also works on The Simpsons, but he directed Transformers the movie. Oh, nice. Um, but this is a great film, man. It's a fucking classic film. You've told me many times it's a great film. Do you know how many times I've seen it? Yeah, you need to watch it. I will watch it. It's got Judd Nelson in it. I mean, that's a reason not to watch it, if anything. Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club. Yeah. And... Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Robert Stack. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Robert Stack the singer? No. Robert Stack the actor. He was in... Uh, is he in Untouchables? I can't remember. He's in a bunch of stuff. Oh, the mustachioed guy with the big nose. He was nose. the guy who, in, you know, in Beavis and Butthead do America, he's the FBI agent who keeps asking for body cavity searches. Oh, that's <laughs> Robert Stack, yeah. the guy from um, from American Mysteries or whatever Something it is. Like yeah. Um, Orson Welles, last acting role. Orson Welles apparently died when they were filming it and Leonard Nimoy finished his lines off. 
apparently. Rumour has it. I guess we'll have to ask Leonard Nimoy. Oh, He's wait. dead. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. But, you know, along with all the other characters, it's a great film, man. It's a freaking classic. It's really dark as well for a... You got the touch. Like, for a kid's film, man. You got the Like, the power. film, first 20 minutes, practically every character of Autobots that you know from the original series get killed. The Decepticons don't get killed. They get rebuilt into new forms and stuff. It's full of classic lines. Awesome, like, friggin' soundtrack. Not Hit one of the best one soundtracks of all the time. Uh, there's all the classics ones, like Coronation Starscream. This is bad comedy. And then he transforms and shoots Starscream and blows him up. Do you know what I, I, I have, I know one line from that movie. Yeah. Uh, we're about to be the only, only two people left in the universe, so you better not piss me off. It's not, that's not from. What's that from, though? I have no idea. I have no idea. There is a swear word in the film. There's a bit where Spike <laughs> tries to blow up. Unicron by detonating the moon base he was on as Unicron's eating it because Unicron the bad guy is a transformer the size of a fucking planet who eats other planets we're out of tiny biscuits fucking cunt I love those tiny biscuits Um, are you eating the crumbs Crit Apocalypse on a budget now no but yeah we're filming under budget and Spike goes Spike goes oh shit it isn't even dented that's in a kids film Hey, you know what, right? That was cut out of the UK version. The funny thing about Spike is that he has a lot of really uh, really phys- philosophical lines. Like, you have to be like water. Most of Spike's lines in this film are, what is that? No, like, you have to be like water. Danny, so, use the guns on your exosuit. So you've got to remember, when you're fighting... Eric Idle's in this. Don't try and force... You want to force your liquid, so you, you manipulate them to your will. No. And then, and then they buy noodles. Eric Idle has a voice in this. They eat a lot of ramen in that film. Eric Idle has a voice in this. Spike had a ne- nemesis and he came back in the movie. Yeah. Vince DeCola soundtrack. No, Vince DeCola. The guy who did the soundtrack to Rocky IV. Oh, that's such a good soundtrack. Yes, of course it is. And Bloodsport. Hearts on fire. Yeah. With Stan Bush. Stan Bush. You Mickey. got the touch. Yeah, that song from Boogie Nights. You got the power. The Blu-ray. Dick out. The Blu-ray of Transformers the movie. It's long. It's well worth buying. If you don't own Transformers the movie, buy yeah. this, and then try and buy as many copies as I've got of that film. Just try it. I don't have a copy of Transformers the movie. Well, I've got I've got three Thank DVDs, you. a Blu-ray with two versions in it, and a VHS. And if you want, you can buy the Ladybird book on tape if you'd like to. So I'll have this. To it. No, that's mine. I would buy this again if it came out in a 4K version, even though I have no way of watching it. So, I'll take this one then. No, that's mine. You can get the 4K one when it comes. You keep your hands off my Transformers. It's going to be covered in crumbs. Anyway, it's well worth buying. Uh, Get on with your shit. My next review this week is going to be Mystery Science Theatre 3K. Oh, really? I've now finished watching every episode. Yeah. It's like, what, a month late? No, it's not a month late. It's only been out for like two weeks because it came out right before we did the last episode. I'd only watched yeah. six of the... Yeah, episodes. I gave you a couple of extra days to you watch did. as much of it You possible. did, and I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. So Mystery Science Theatre's back. Woo! <laughs> Say the nerds, you know? All that? Um, yeah, Mystery Science Theatre's back. Um, I, because I'm in Britain, didn't really get a chance to watch a lot of it when I was younger. No, How about you? Bravo showed it like ten years later or something. Yeah. Like... So I've only recently yeah. been um, discovered it, and that's mo- mostly due to the uh, Flophouse podcast. Yeah. Um, one of the people who, well, two of the people that do it are writers for, well, one of them was, one of them is currently, uh, were writers for The Daily Show. 
Mm. Um, and now um, Eric Kalin, who is the uh, who's one of the writers for Mystery Science Theater 3K, still on the podcast. So he talks about regularly. Um, I started watching episodes well, on like one si- of those guys who just won't stop talking about a thing he did like 15 years ago. No, he didn't write it 15 years ago. He's written no. the new series. He was hired to write the new series. They did a bunch of comics as well. Like they were they they before they did this. Uh, the people that do the Flophouse were asked to do uh, Buck Rogers comics. They did like a reissue Christmas special thingy mm. and they did like some new stories for Buck Rogers. Anyway, that's besides the point of getting... Go away! Go away, Fords! Here we go. So, um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is back. The films are um, a little bit less known. Like, you know, in the older series, like they did... Yeah, most things- of the films they covered in the older series are known because they covered them. Like, they're the ones who made Manos Hands of Fate, like, a popular thing. Yeah, yeah, see, Manos Hands of Fate... And Gamera, like, a lot of people's first instance of seeing Gamera was from... Oh, really? Mystery Science Theater, yeah. All right. See, I knew about Gamera without Mystery Science Theater, I know, because it was on crappy TV channels here on, like, Sunday on Channel 5 and stuff. Yeah, Gamera's a classic. Yeah, um, but, like, stuff like um, The Incredible Melting Man and stuff, I knew about before this, because, again, it's body horror shit. Like, I used to eat that stuff up when I was a kid. Loved it. Fucking watched all of it. But the the newer series doesn't have the same um, recognisable movies. Bunch of Cronenbergs. Yeah, a bunch of Cronenbergs. I fucking love Cronenberg movies. Um, But anyway, so the the newer series doesn't really have that, uh, the, the same sort of level of recognisable films but the stuff they have got is is rife with material for them to take the piss mm. off and, and really riff on um, which is good which is good but um, the problem with the newer series as opposed to the older series whenever I watch an episode of the older series it's joke well timed and then there's a bit of you know like there's a bit of audio from the film and there's more jokes you know it all just seems to flow a lot better Yeah. the newer one it takes a little bit of time to get to that level so the episodes that start off aren't as good as the episodes as it goes further and on and on um, but it's still funny. There's still a lot of shit in there that makes me laugh. It's still a nice, easy watch as well. Mm. And it's for those people that don't have bad film nights. Like I fucking love going to see a bad film with my friends. Like I went to go see the new Resident Evil in the cinema and spoke about it on the podcast. Yeah, you, when people say they like to watch bad films, they watch bad films that are enjoyable. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But like, there are ways to make those bad films that aren't enjoyable fun. Alcohol. <sighs> So, with with things like this, though, you've got that group of friends there. You've got a group of people that are riffing on it. They're all very fast. They're all quick-witted, and it's fun. I like it. It's I wouldn't recommend watching it, watching it as quickly as I did. And I think they didn't. They didn't think that people would. I think it's more like they were expecting people to watch it over a long period of time. Well, there's like a Christmas now and a movie half. and stuff. Yeah, I know. But there's like a Christmas movie at the end, so mm. it's almost like it's seasonal. Yeah. Um, but still, I'd recommend people watch it. If you haven't ever watched Mystery Science Theater, they've now got like the first series on there as well. Yeah, yeah. And and that's got some great episodes in it. That's one of I think Manos is one of the first yeah, yeah. things they I think cover. It was the first one, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I recommend it. Like loads of people in Britain probably didn't get a hold of this. They didn't really get a chance to watch this, and it's it's really funny. I think they, like, they released funny. a DVD that I think was like a highlights thing over here years and years yeah. ago, and that's about it. But it's it's really nice. Yeah. It is it's it is. You know, like when you had your bad film night and everybody was around and they were just riffing and taking the piss out of the films you're watching? It's yeah. like that. It's like having that group of people, mm. like-minded. And obviously, you're going to be of a specific mentality if you are watching these films. I wouldn't recommend someone who's going in to watch a movie goes and watches it by watching a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode because that just won't work. You won't enjoy right. it as much. If you're going in and not expecting to see the film, or even if you watch the film before you watch the Mystery Science Theater episode, mm. that's fine. 
It's like riff tracks. I wouldn't recommend watching a film that riff tracks do before actually watching the movie oh, riff itself. Riff tracks, the poor man's mystery science. Yeah, film. yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing Didn't that. They unless you to bring riff tracks back recently. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But riff tracks has never gone away, hasn't it? No, they yeah. just went on to do you know digital only. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like um, Red Letter Media do. Yeah, with this, the was it their commentary things they do. Yeah. I watched, what was it? I can't remember which one we watched. I watched around my, uh, my mate's house once, one of theirs. Which one? It might be the Robocop one. Robocop one's good. Yeah. But like, I, I see the thing about um, the he films that they robot, do. He is a robot, he is a cop, <laughs> he is a Robocop. The thing about the ones yeah. that Red Letter Media do, I could yeah. listen to those as podcasts because yeah, I yeah. know the film so well. Yeah. The thing about Mystery Science Theatre, I always want to watch the film before watching the episode. I didn't do that with this series. Yeah. So I didn't really... I didn't have the same level of knowledge of the film. I didn't have the same beats. And it, you know, at times you are trying to find out where it's, and it makes it hard to really recognize how far into the film you are. Sometimes they'll cut bits out of it in between. So, you know, they do the segments in between. Sometimes I think they'll cut sections out for it to flow better. So you won't see the entirety of the movie anyway. And that's fine if you're not like a big film person, but then you wouldn't be watching this if you weren't. You're not meant to be watching it for the film. You're meant to be watching it for their yeah. But you you want cutting humour. You want to know the beats the robot and stuff. puppets. Yeah, um, but it's still it's good. It's not great. It's but it was never gonna be. It's a schlocky, being racist kitschy about. It's a schlocky, kitschy little thing that that existed in a weird subsection of time that no one expected ever to come back, and then Kickstarter revived it. Which is good, because I like stuff like this coming back. Maybe they'll bring back Firefly now. Firefly had a comic. Firefly fans are never going to shut up, are they? Firefly had a comic. Joss Whedon always had programs where he wanted a bigger budget than he had. Hmm. And he wanted better technology. When you look at at things like how Angel ended... Can we just bring back Night Court? Yeah. Look at the way Angel ended. Like, they couldn't film a massive-scale demon battle... So they just had them looking down an alleyway, like, and there were big feet and stuff, like, clearly just, like, puppets and shit, and, like, just, like, digital monsters going past, and, like, well, I guess it's time to fight then, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, demon noises coming down the alleyway. That's great, because that's the limitations of the media. You didn't have the budget you for You watched it. the end of Angel? Yeah. But then you go yeah. on to, the comics are better. Cause I stopped comics, watching it. The comics go on, and, like, the demon battles happen, and the whole of LA has been fucked. It's basically just full of demons. Nice. And half the people have died. Nice. The other half have gone on to go and be like fucking miserable bastards. I think um, the watcher they had with them, you know, yeah, Wesley, yeah. Yeah. he got killed and now he's trapped as a ghost and he can't read or learn anything. So when he wants to research, he has to have someone come along and flip the book pages for him. So he's got like <laughs> a subservient demon that's come and joined him and he's just flipping pages for him. because He's possessed people. He can't possess people. Uh, it's established in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that a ghost can possess people. I don't think he's that kind of ghost because he'd be like more like a poltergeist then, surely, wouldn't he? If no, poltergeist move things. Physical, yeah, no, if he could affect physical items, objects, then yeah. Something. No, it's not. Anyway, so I give Mystery Science Theatre 3,000. I give it a Donald Pleasance. Why are you hating on Donald Pleasance? I'm not hating on Donald Pleasance. Who said that was a bad score? You don't like Donald Pleasance. I love Donald Pleasance. You were mocking him. He runs the cult of Fane. Ain't nothing but a J Fane. Alright. Don't, don't get angry at him. Bars. Calm down. Why is your stomach rumbling? <laughs> <laughs> you quite finished with that. Your review, buddy. Now put that down. 
No, because I'm just going to text Tara whilst you... Well, stop texting people. No, because I don't trust you. That's naughty. You're going to get told off. Put it down. No, look, because I am just texting her. Yeah, right. As if. Anyway. Uh, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 last... Not last night. Two nights ago. Wait. Yeah, two nights ago. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Have you seen the first one? Yeah. Have everyone at home seen the first one? Yeah. Right, spoilers for the second one. There's more Guardians of the Galaxy in it. Um, so, this one's set, like, right after the last one. They even make sure if you're good at maths, you know it is. Because the, the time period from the start, pre you know, there's like a, a pre-title sequence set in the 80s, and then it's like, hey, it's 2014 in the future. Um, so it's, like, set right after the last one, massively removed from the rest of the Marvel Universe, which I think is why it kind of helps quite a lot. Because it doesn't have to have one of those... Here's this character from this film here, um, which is basically what Ant-Man and Captain Marvel were, Captain America were, weren't they, the last two? We were just like, you know this guy? He's in another thing. Remember him? Yeah. I liked Ant-Man. Yeah, but there's a, there's a whole sequence where it's like, we're going to go to the Avengers HQ now. Here's Falcon. I, I didn't him. mind the Falcon fight. It was pointless though, wasn't it? Well, it sort of set up the ending. Well, the Doesn't problem he? is that, yeah, you're right there. It was, it was very much a case of Iron Man 2-ing it. Hmm. Where they had to like feed into the rest of the universe, yeah, and it didn't need to necessarily happen, but it's always good to have that sort of that interaction between the heroes. It makes yeah. everything feel a bit more solid in well, the I universe. I like that this whole Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two has absolutely nothing connecting it to the rest uh, of the universe. Doesn't it? It doesn't though. Uh, there's a certain scene. Doesn't matter. You don't stop spoiling stuff. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm no, just anyway. saying there's a certain scene so, that may... in this film. They've been going around working for hire, saving things, doing stuff. It starts off with them fighting a giant, like, tentacle monster thing. Isn't it only six months between this and the... Yeah, something like that. That's always, yeah. like, a it's few not months. Very, it's not long, no. though, is it? But, um... And, you know, as they're escaping, someone saves them. Mm-hmm. Turns out... Well, it's not really spoilers, it's all in the trailers, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's Peter Quill's daddy. Ego. Sort of. Who's also a living planet. That's a simplification of the pop. Yeah, you got to simplify. I don't want to spoil it because it's not out in most places yet. Is it not? No. No. Oh. No. So oh, don't spoil shit. it for people. What do you think of the intro? Oh, oh Greek dancing around while yeah, things going on. That irritated cool. me. That's because you're a terrible human being. It's humorless. No, I'm not humorless. I you mean, are. like, that's fun for a 30 second. cynical. No, that's fun for like a 30 second bit, but then it just becomes, it's just selling a toy. People isn't like Greek dancing. Yeah, no, but. You've got to give them what they want. And people want baby Groots. That's what people want. But anyway. Um, I thought the funniest lines came from Rocket. No, nah, the funniest line comes from Drax. He's <laughs> like, um, he's modest. I like humility. I am myself an extraordinarily modest. Modest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Um, I, I hate yeah. the fact that a lot, of, yeah, a lot of Drax's best lines were in the trailer. He's freaking brilliant in that film, mate. Yeah, Batista is. Really, oh um, my god, the fucking the bit that with man is the whole. Yeah, the bit that I saw a million times in the trailer, and mm. I watched the film, and like she does it, she just goes, "You have you have sex, your sexual love for that one," and he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> and I just fucking I pissed myself. Yeah, I fucking it wasn't it was something where I knew it was coming, and I still laughed so much. Yeah, he's freaking brilliant. Him and Mantis, they're like whole thing going on in that yeah. film is brilliant yeah Man, like, it's, and it's so funny because they, they set the guidelines super early on hmm. like they have the whole little connecting thing where he's like, where he's like oh you're absolutely hideous I find you disgusting she's like, yeah. she's like oh do you not do you not find me he's like, he's like no 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 being hideous is good 
Yeah. You know, hideous is interesting because if you're hideous and someone loves you, that means they really love you. But if you're good looking, who do you, how do you know who to trust? <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. What I love about the film is that the they like the first one was very much about like a group of people who can't stand each other working together to save the world. It was the eighteen space. Yeah. This yeah. one's more sort of like it's a lot more personal. Everyone's got some sort of relationship to a family outside their group that they're like, you know, having tru- that they're sort of like interacting with, with Peter Quillitz's relationship to Ego, mm-hmm. um, but also to his relationship to Yondu. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocket's got his whole, like, his, what, essentially, Rocket's whole issue is like a metaphor for, like, friggin' pushing people away and friggin' alcoholism, even, because he's like, you know, doesn't treat himself properly and he pushes people away. Doesn't like it when people show any sort of affection towards him. He pushes back all the time. That's why he's constantly arguing with everyone. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. like, there's a lot of dealing with dealing with um, self-destructive behaviour and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. like tons of tons of dealing with most people's problem with the first one. Yeah, like I love that they uh, <laughs> the people getting frozen in space in a sequence just to really piss off the people who got angry at Peter Quill not dying in space in the yeah. first one. That whole thing's in slow motion. You yeah. don't instantaneously die in space. Well, the there is a lot of and he's an upper atmosphere in that bit yeah there's um there's a few there's a few reasons as well there is another another scene in which people are released into space there's two yeah, and in that's one the thing. In, it's establishing in, it earlier yeah but it's just so everyone can be like yeah look but the reason as well is that they're not all human <laughs> like you've got to remember that their biology yeah. is different from humans so although a human could go up into space and we're so fucking full of moisture that we just immediately sort of freeze and you know, it'd be horrible. I've seen Event Horizon. I know what happens. Um, but in in this, like, you get a couple of seconds. It seems as you float out there. Just you would. <laughs> I don't want to see the. My problem is I don't want to talk about it and spoil anything. Yeah, well, you're probably gonna spoil stuff. Cause that's what well, you do. Yeah, probably. Don't anyway, spoil I'll, anything. I'll let you. I'll let but anyway, you it's um yeah, it's a really nice, like, strangely personal film going on there. Cause I know um James Gunn's father. I think if I remember rightly, James Gunn's father is an alcoholic who used to be like somewhat abusive to him, and they were sort of estranged. A little bit, if I remember rightly, I remember him saying something about like past that's why he doesn't drink and all this sort of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of personal stuff going into it. Um, actually, it's a superb film though. Like every character has like a proper like thing going on, and Groot's there to be the comedic relief thing. Um, Drax yeah. and Groot. Drax is like comedic relief, but he actually has a like a character Drax's, relationship. Yeah. There's a whole ton of stuff going on with him and his like memories of his family and he has yeah he like, has all that sort of stuff. like he has one of the most effective lines in the film. Hmm. And like you don't like, out of context, it would make no sense for that character to when say when he's it. asking about penises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like he's he's mentioning his daughter. Yeah, and he's mentioning her in a way that relates to something he says earlier. Hmm. And when you hear it, it's such a natural exchange for that character. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't sugarcoat. It. There's no applying that to someone else's knowledge. He simply says these things and lets the audience remember what he said earlier, hmm. and that's great. I love the fact that this isn't one of those things where someone has to keep. You know, like in films where someone has to keep mentioning, it's oh, like, they, oh, on my planet yeah. we all eat chalk, and then like later on they see them eating chalk. It's like it's that sort of heavy handed. Well, you need to do the basics of like telling the story is you have a set off reminder and a payoff yeah um you can remind like once or twice you don't want to do it too often because it gets bad mm. but a good film will be like in this film um set up reminder payoff there's the opening sequence you see a thing happen one of the characters has planted a thing on earth reminder you see the thing in the forest later on payoff you find out what that thing's for mm-hmm. um so it's that, set up that, reminder payoff. that annoyed me a little bit well 
the look of this because it's just sitting there. It's like a fucking yeah, weird flapping. No one yeah. spotted that. No one stamped. Years. No, no one stamped on that. No one yeah. fucking set that the on fire. Animal edit. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. But like yeah. that's. I mean, that's that's because they need to visualize it. Yeah. If it was just someone putting a seed in the ground, it yeah. wouldn't work in the same way. Although I was thinking all through this film, James Gunn really wanted to do a cross-section of a planet like in Sliver where he does the cross-section of Michael Rooker as the needle goes up to his brain. Oh, yeah. He really wanted to do that with the seed thing, but to do it in a way that made it seem passive. Yeah, you see it on the um, yeah. big old weird ceramic-looking Yeah, He wanted, to, he wanted to do it in a way that seemed passive so that it wouldn't be clear what the intent was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's like visually it's freaking phenomenal. Like, yeah. like it, you can see the money on the screen in this yeah. film. Like, yeah, imagine... How good Ant Man looks when he goes mm. into the into the microsphere. Yeah, and that's the whole film yeah. like that. Yeah, it's got some awesome sights though. It's like freaking. I don't want to spoil stuff, but there is stuff that is like straight off of a prog rock seventies album cover. Like, what did you think of the Kabuki Theater style rocket sequence? The which bit? The you know the Kabuki the Shadow Theater. You know, there's a scene in which it's just it's just like a two D shot. It's flat angled. And it's just Rocket going through the trees and doing a show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Kabuki Theatre. Is it Kabuki Theatre that's like know. the shadow puppets? Well, there's an Indian theatre that's... Kabuki Theatre is where you have the Japanese with the masks. Is that the masks? Oh, right. Like yeah, Sergeant no, Kabuki there's... Man. Oh, yeah, so it is. No, like, I'm thinking... <laughs> you mean when like Rocket's a... taking out all the yeah. ravages, yeah. Yeah, and it's all done flat. It's done at night. The yeah. only thing you can see is the moon coming through. The it's guys art... being bounced up into so the air. incredibly artistically yeah. shot. Yeah. And then there's like little bits like, ah, oh, just, it works. It just works really well. Yeah, it's like, I like the designs are going on. It like, um, Ego's egg ship thing, which like, just parts of it change shape to yeah. allow them to come off and plant onto platforms. It all looks like it's made out of marble. So yeah. it's like, uh, it's like they haven't done that irritating thing in films where they're making a sci-fi and they think about what the material looks like and they want it to behave like the real material on Earthwood. Mm. And like, it's the future. You can do what you like. You know, you know how Transformers look like a fucking mess because they're thinking about how the things move like a human. Yeah. yeah. They're, ro- they're robots from a far off, super high advanced technological sp- planet, man. Just make it look like a fucking Kendall. They have flexible metal. That's all you need to do. Flexible metal. Yeah. I know our metal isn't super flexible like that. Our metal tends to get stuck and break if you bend it. Because we're carbon based. But they might not be. But super high tech metals from another planet. Mm. Might be. Like the comics used to always draw Transformers with muscles, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is... I, I really enjoy it. I don't think it's as good as the first one. The first half's a little bit exposition heavy, but it's got a lot more character depth, and the finale's friggin' awesome. And It got me a lot more emotionally than I was expecting yeah, yeah. it to. there's a whole ton of it. Like, just stuff like Mantis just touching Drax on the shoulder after he's telling a story about his family. and Yeah, and like, like him yeah. suddenly calming down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's... I wasn't expecting the ending... Yeah, I wasn't. I I went. I into forgot it. Sylvester Stallone was in it. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I was like, um, yeah. I like and my... Mickey Flanagan's in it briefly. Yes, yeah, yeah. frozen. Yeah, um, Taserface. Everyone liked Taserface. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the audience when I was watching it started laughing the moment he said Taserface before it panned to Rocket yeah. Raccoon cracking up, which is quite gives a little bit of faith because most comedies these days don't seem to think that you would laugh at the joke until you're told the joke afterwards. I don't think they needed the gold people. Oh no, they're cool because they're setting up future stuff. I know they are, but yeah. I don't think they needed them in this film. Mm. Um, and I, I can't feel they're cool. They are racing the comics, yeah, Asia, yeah. and all that. But they're like they're cool. they're not they're like the Nebulans or whatever it is. They're yeah. some stupid like celestial offbeat. Like they're they're people that basically perfected mm. gene splicing and shit. But it's quite cool. That the um, I liked all the post credits because people said there's like five post credits because they're just little skit things yeah, effectively. Between, yeah. But um, I didn't see all of them. I had to leave before. Oh, so you didn't see the you didn't see the last one. 
What's the last one? Oh, um, yeah, I, I've heard about it. I read mm. about them afterwards. I don't really care about seeing the post credit stuff so much mm. anymore. I don't mind reading about it afterwards because it, it, when you see it in the cinema, like, I, I went with Tara. It's so. supposed to, if you're a real fan, you stay until the end. Yeah, but I went with Tara and she, she just wanted to go, so it's like, just okay. Knock her out. No. Um, but just yeah, tell I. Her. Tell her you're staying. Put your foot down. Raise your foot and be like, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm putting my foot down. Put my foot down. Three, two, one, and put your foot down. And she'll stay. So, I want to talk a little bit. I want to get like a tiny bit spoilery. No. Because I need someone no, to talk to No, because they haven't released it in the cinema over here yet. Okay. So and James Gunn even did a thing on Facebook saying, stop posting spoilers, you cunts. Okay, all right then. Yeah. Because James yeah. Gunn told me not to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, you need to review a thing. It's a weird ending to a film. The whole the whole film has like a weird tinge to it. Because I know in the first film, they made it super clear the dynamic between um, everyone. Hmm. And then it carries on into this film, and I wasn't expecting them to deal with it immediately, because the Ravagers are dealing with a lot of internal strife, which is caused by Taserface and obviously what happened in the first film. Yeah. And then to find out how deep that went, and then also be able to almost immediately... It doesn't feel like they've made it up for the second film. It feels like it actually comes from the first. Yeah. It's not one of those things where you get a sequel and it's just like... They just bring up stuff that you've never heard of before. Yeah. Like, it, it's a natural continuation of everything that happens in the first film. Yeah, and there's a nice, like, villains who were... Well, not even villains. Like, people that they work with in the original, you have you have uneven feelings for because you know mm. what It's probably not the done. best villain of all the Marvel films so far. Like, yeah. the most, like, compelling... The ending, the ending fight needed work. I liked all that. I liked it as well, but it just needed a bit more focus. Yeah. Um, fighting a thing, man. Yeah, it's true. But, <laughs> but it's um, but it's actually a villain who's actually got like a proper, com- like a unique plot, you know, unique purpose and a unique drive, and yeah, it's yeah. a lot more complex, and it's actually fully directly tied into the main character a lot yeah. more than usual. Um, it was, it was, it was kind of weird the way that they tied in um, the events right in the beginning of the first film. Yeah, like how he found himself. And where they ended up in that film, yeah. it was weird the way they tied that up because it made it quite flippant with main. Well, not flippant with main characters, but it made it quite flippant with emotions. Um, but still, Yondo man, Yondu man, he's awesome. Yeah, he is Yondu. fucking incredible. Yeah, Michael Rook is a great actor. Oh, apparently some people were all just like, "Oh man, you gave us Michael Rook without a shirt on in this film." He said, "Who cares? Kevin ba- Kevin Smith gave us Michael Rooker's ass." Yep. Okay. He gave us he gave us Die Hard Two Michael Rooker edition. Yeah, there's a little bit of dangling there if you look close enough. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say one thing. No, got one of those zooms now. Everybody's using zooms on Earth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so my last review this week is going to be uh, it was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy like Ant review, but you know, obviously we're going to be rehashing a lot of the same a lot of the same um, feelings about it. I absolutely agree with Ant. It is. Not the perfect film, but God fucking damn it, they got it close. It is a little bit bloated, and there I are. I think it's going to be one of those ones some people are going to bitch and moan about because it oh, isn't. Yeah. Like, it's... you know, Iron Man 3, where people misread the film? Yeah. Iron Man 3. Because Iron Man 3 is about stuff. I love the fact that Iron Man 3 <laughs> is often called Regular Man 3. It's because... about something. Yeah. It was... I liked has... it. Like, it had a non hate. I, c- I can't hate the kid actor in it, and that's a fucking great, great review mm. of the film because in any other film, I fucking despise children. And then you watch One that. One of your favorite like, films is Monster Squad. Yeah, but Monster Squad's in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, kids knew how to act. Like man, yeah. look at Stand by Me. Yeah, 
Half those kids are dead now. What are you reviewing anyway? One of those kids is dead now. <laughs> um, so uh, my fourth review uh, this week is going to be... God fucking damn it, you've ruined me now because you've done Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm all emotional and driven up and all, all over the fucking place. Um, I'm trying to think. My last review this week is going to be something that's... Uh, it's a little bit old, but it's getting updates all the fucking time and the most recent one's quite good. Um, GTA Online. Never reviewed it before on the show. So you're going to follow up Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I've already said, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, right <laughs> now, this year, is is without a doubt a high point for superhero films. I don't think there's going to be anything that that gives me that same, because I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's just the fact that it works over the two films or if it's just those 15 minutes at the end where you get to see different short skits and it just, it fucking brings mm. it home, doesn't it? They knew how to do it. Like that Yondu man of all the souls in all the world, his was the most human. Anyway, so you're going to review GTA Online. I am. GTA Online recently had an update in which they gave a top-down mode. Oh yeah, the Micro Machines clone thing. Yeah. A couple of weeks before Micro Machines gets released. Yeah. Um. Well, GTA. So it's pretty good. I like it. I don't know yeah. if anyone else likes it. I'm still playing it online. I jump in every so often. Do yeah, a couple of people hours play it loads. So that- yeah. yeah. I jump in every so often and do a stream. I did a stream the other day. I had a few great people come in and jump in and enjoy it as well. And I really fucking, I had a lot of fun. It's not something that I've played a lot of over the time because there's so much online shit nowadays. I'll jump between Titanfall 2 to something else, to something else, to something else. I just, I never sit with the same game for a long period of time. I even tried things like Star Trek Online recently. Fucking Jesus Christ, I can't jump in on that. But anyway. So, um, so yeah, I recently started playing GTA Online again. I got a little bit of time and played for a couple of hours the other day, did a few heists and things. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just really fun. It's stupidly fun. I played it when it first, when the first game came, when the game came out on Xbox 360 yeah. and got fed up with the online really quickly. Online on the Xbox 360 was a fucking mess because it was mm. between trying to start up one of those races and you'd take 15 minutes to see anything. And they had issues with servers because they had so many people trying to get get in the same map and do the same things and just it was a fucking nightmare Mm. now it's a lot smoother there's still some shit that goes wrong and it takes the fucking majority of a household internet just to run the thing but it's still quite fun yeah when you get a good couple of hour session like I did when you're just driving around like I I was playing normally for a good good long while and then it just turned into me trying to track down other people in that session and run them down in my car. Outrageous. And then they'd come back and then they'd chase me. And you just have like, those cops and robbers thing where you're trying to shoot out the back of your car as you're driving down the road. Well, you're shouting, chase me, He-Man, chase it me. It was very fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. But GTA Online is a continually evolving game. That thing came out like, when did GTA 5 come out? Like four three years, years ago? Three, four years ago, yeah. And they're still adding shit for free. It came so out before the stuff. Xbox One and PS4 was out, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It much. just keeps adding free shit, and it's awesome. Like, you've got all the masks, or the heists. Yeah, free shit. See how much money that people, apparently they make off those bloody cards. They, yeah, yeah loads. Apparently it's ridiculous. And even now, look at what they're doing now. They're making so much fucking money. They're now doing a $420,000 in-game money rebate for people. So you can just go and fucking spend money, and they'll give you money back. Double XP. There's all kinds of shit going on. And it's because, you know, it's just... It's like an MMO you don't have to pay for. Hmm. You just go in, you play the game, and then when you're done, you leave. And then you come back, maybe. And you play some heists, and then you leave. You start a business with your mates, then your mates leave. You say it's a competitor to APB Reloaded. <laughs> it's it's what APB Reloaded wanted to, be, wanted to be. That game's still around, man. Really? How? It's on PS4 now. Oh, yeah, no, I actually played that for a little bit. Yeah. That's that's a thing. You're yeah. just gonna look at your phone midway through. Your no, sorry, video. I'm not. I'm don't mean to. My girlfriend's been texting me stuff. I love her. 
Um, anyway, but yeah, so I, I, I really recommend anyone who hasn't played GTA Online. Yeah. It's obviously like, yeah, it is like original GTA. Uh, it's obviously it's it's something that's been around for a while now. You can pick it up for about twenty quid, and there is there is about five or six times the, that amount in there of game just to play about with. Hmm. Even the main story mode has some fucking great missions. Really cinematic, really fun. They got some silly bits. There's a lot of great humor in there that you expect. I would have rather had just like extra stories and stuff. That's always been my favorite thing with Grand Theft Auto. Is yeah. like little bits here and there. Just like I would have liked a Lost in the Dam type thing going on, but well, they haven't done that, have they? Well, you can. Weird. That's the thing. You can start your own gang. Yeah, but I want a proper Lost in the Dam oh, story. Like story. Yeah, yeah, because that was that was good. That was probably the best thing in GTA Four, to be honest. The download content for it. Well, there is a continuation of that in 5, isn't there? Because um, the guy from that gets his head kicked in by Trevor. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah in yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor's Trevor's a fucking great character. Yeah. That's the problem. Most of the game's story lives or dies by Trevor. Yeah. Steve Hogg. Yeah. And he's just fucking great in it. He, like, I can't think of a, I can't think of a character recently that's as recognisable as Trevor. Hmm. We need to have him um, in Walking Dead more. He seems to just turn up every now and again. He's added to the series regular for the next season, yeah. so he's going to be in it more. So this, I'm sure his character gets killed, though, when they actually have the big old... What, All Out War? Yeah. No, in the comics. I don't think his character actually properly exists in the comics. No. Uh, maybe it's thingy. Dwight, you're thinking of. Yeah. But Dwight doesn't die. Oh, I can't remember. Dwight's the one who gives... who uh, Spoilers for the Walking Dead comics, I guess. <laughs> um, Dwight's the one who teaches... Um, what's his name? Negan, how to um, spread the blight from the zombies by putting arrows in the blood. Oh. So they start running out of bullets because um, Eugene's character in the books is always loyal to to Thingy. Yeah. Um, but they start running out of bullets because basically what Rick does is he pushes pressure points so that they start firing and start warring areas where there's no one. Hmm. So they start using zombies and funneling them in and doing shit like that, just fucking with them so that they waste as much of their munitions as possible. Yeah. What I think they're going to do with this is um, they're going to use um, Eugene to jeopardise all their bullets. So he's going to start making them bullets, but they'll just be backfiring and shit. But they won't get to those bullets until they've gone through the munitions they've already got loaded into the guns and shit. So yeah. it's going to be a long-term plan. So again, there'll be pressure points, they'll push on stuff, they'll fight. There's going to be a lot of violence, and if they knock it back down to anything other than lots of violence, no one's going to watch it because it'll be bullshit. They've got to do it like the comics where the only real way that you can reduce down an opposing force is by being smart, hmm. by using guerrilla tactics, by making them fight you when you're not fighting back. You know, and that's and that's going to be key to it, but from what I've heard, that's not what's going to happen. It's going to be a shit. It's just going to go bad. But yeah, so um, Dwight does exist. He teaches Negan how to poison other people using the arrows and stuff. And then that's how he wins. It's not Grand Theft Auto, though. No, it's not. There is a great scene in which Rick is shot with an arrow by Dwight. And Negan's like, ah, you fucking nailed him. Only a couple of days, he'll be dead. Turns out that that Dwight never dipped his arrows. No. So he did it as a way of like getting... He wounds uh, Rick, so he gets him in the side like that. And then Rick gets a limp from it. So by that point in the comics, he's missing a hand. He's got a claw now, and he's got a fucking limp. Nice. And he's got this massive beard, no hair. It's fucking great. But anyway, yeah, GTA Online. If you can pick it up, 20 quid, you're going to be looking at a lot of entertainment. PS4, Xbox One, PC. It's a fucking great game. I really recommend it. Um, I will keep playing it for hours every so often, but it gets a full Tom Atkins. Because you can't you can't fault the value of something like that. That's the game 14-year-olds love, thing. So... Who gives a fuck? 14-year-olds love Monster Squad in the 80s. Hey, look! 
It's Poe Dameron. It's Poe Dameron. Yeah. Who's this guy? What's his name? It's Poe. Don't kiss him. I'm going to kiss him. What's his you were going to kiss him. You can't move his helmet. If you rub his helmet enough, some stuff comes out. What's in his pouch? Touching Poe. Do you like your Poe Dameron? Yeah, I kiss him every night. I bought this for you. Hmm. It's a present for looking after the hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> Need a big enough shelf to put it on. Yeah, I'll get you anyway, eventually. That was a good waste of a minute. Yeah, fiddling with Poe. Sorry about that. Do you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right then. So, as always, you can find me at Crit Apocalypse. You can find you at LV54 Space Monkey. <laughs> yeah. You have a YouTube's channel. Yeah. What's your YouTube's channel? Slopes Game Room. Mellow Gaming, <laughs> featuring. Keemstar <laughs> Slopes Game Room Yeah my name's Keemstar on YouTube Yeah um, Go onto his channel and say I love your podcast Crit Apocalypse Keemstar Yeah PewDiePie Yeah Yeah he's really happy he's been on YouTube for seven years now Jack's Septic That means I. all of PewDiePie's fans are now ten years old Way da 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 pedo Anyway <laughs> He's in Brighton we should go beat him up Why? Because he's irritating. If he can be irritating, it's the internet. We're fucking irritating. It doesn't matter. He's just a weirdo. It doesn't matter. He, he said himself, he is just... Uh, he's essentially like us. Just a bad comedian. Except we don't make racially insensitive jokes and we're not Nazis. Mm. Nah. Not Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't mind PewDiePie. Like, he does charity shit. He's made loads of money for charities. He does good and bad shit. He's just a bit of a dickhead who's got a platform. Look at Nigel Farage. He's ten times worse. Yeah, Nigel Farage's YouTube channel is not good either. Nigel Farage is a fucking cunt. Anyway, so, um, oh yeah, I'm still doing a walk, 100k, London to Brian for Batsy Cats and Dogs Home. If you like kittens and puppies. about this for months. Just fucking do it. I'm doing it, May 28th. If you want to watch it, there will be a live stream. I'm going to do little bits on Facebook. I will send out a link on the next episode. <laughs> Facebook, it's going to be like a couple hours into it and you're going to be like, I want to die. Yeah. That's and just see a trail of blood behind that's, you. That's what it's going to be. If anyone wants to see me die, I'm going to be doing the same when I do the 70k run, so. <laughs> I know. You need to get a GoPro and attach it to your phone and stick it on your hair wick. I've got a GoPro. My phone has a GoPro camera in it. It's got one of those little... It's got an action cam and it's got a regular cam. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But, um... Anyway, as always, you can find us where I just said. We love you, every one of you. Tune in next time for more antics. Get it? And... Has ticks. Goodbye... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs>